Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Modern CFO Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seski. We have an incredible episode for you. Today, we're speaking to Gabe Avins, head of finance at Alchemy. We're talking about one of my favorite topics ever, access, and what I see as the future of blockchain development. Thank you so much for being here today, Gabe. Thanks for having me. Really excited for it. So can you just, in a sentence or two, explain to the audience what Alchemy is and why you were so excited to join the team? Yeah, so Alchemy is the developer platform for Web3 developers. So if you are thinking about building your first Web3 application, or if you are a member of a big team that's developing a Web3 application, there's a decent chance that it's done on Alchemy today or that you'd want to consider Alchemy. I joined the team about eight or nine months ago, was super, super excited to dive headlong into the world of Web3. And as I kind of met the folks here at Alchemy, couldn't think of a better group to do it with. So all good so far. So we're going to dive into your background, and it almost feels like everyone has an origin story of how they fall down the Web3 and blockchain rabbit hole, which we'll get to in a moment. But I want to kind of give some context to the conversation today, as it represents one of my favorite topics on the podcast so far, and that is just access. Early stages of the podcast, we had uh, Luke Jodet from Ariani uh, kind of premise the NFT craze that was almost imminent at that stage before Gemini uh, received 400 plus millions of dollars in new investment. We had Jared discussing exactly how they're becoming the on-ramp for retail investors to get acquainted with all of the different cryptocurrencies out there and their Cryptopedia site. And today I want to talk to you mostly about how you're now providing these institutional grade and cutting edge developer tools, providing access to development teams not only for leading decentralized applications and marketplaces, but also for the enthusiasts as well. And that to me is why I'm really excited to get going and love to dive in. So maybe we just kick things off with a little bit about your background. I know you studied at Penn and Stanford and have been involved in technology and investments for most of your career. What led you to Alchemy? And maybe if we can kind of start back in your earlier days of uh, education and postgrad. Sure. So coming out of Penn, where I had done my undergrad, I started my career at Bain & Company as a management consultant. Super valuable experience and a great time. Number one, great group of people there. Had really great mentors and coworkers whose weddings I still go to and do trips with uh, annually. It's a really great place to meet a bunch of great people and then get kind of the business fundamental skill set. I really had a very clear direction on what I wanted to do coming out of undergrad. Bain was a great place to develop some of the most kind of core underlying business frameworks and ways to think about business growth. I went from there to a private equity fund called TSG Consumer Partners. Really valuable learning experience where I think one of the skills that I picked up there was the ability to understand value, what drives value for companies, why companies are valued the way they are. That lens is how I approach many decisions on a very to-the-minute and daily basis where I'm always trying to think big picture. Is what I'm doing today impactful to the business's long-term value? And if it's not, and it's somewhere where I find that I'm spending a lot of time working on uh, something, it's probably a good candidate to uh, be on the chopping block and to spend less time there. I spent a couple of years of business school after that. And then most recently, I was at another startup called Homebound. Very, very different startup from Alchemy in terms of the product. They were a custom home builder. And so while they were venture-backed and tech-enabled, still are a great company, venture-backed and tech-enabled, building out a software suite for the home building process, 
the contracts we were signing were, you know, construction contracts. That's how we generated our revenue. Versus Alchemy, we're doing software contracts, SaaS contracts for developers. At Homebound, I think kind of the best experience that I got out of that was understanding how to be an operator. It looks really different being at a consulting firm or a private equity fund than working at a company. Sometimes you have to be a little scrappier in your approach. You have to kind of engage with people of various backgrounds to make sure you're collaborating effectively and information is flowing appropriately through a company. So great team, was content staying there for a while, but ultimately um, the opportunity to join Alchemy emerged when the company was about 25-ish people. I had interest in Web3 and being able to dive in at what I viewed as such an interesting time in the space where it felt like it had really started to, I don't know if cross the chasm yet, but approaching that point. And then kind of one person after another that I met at the team felt like the person that I wanted to be spending all my workday with, which is a good sign that it was uh, the right group to uh, be collaborating with on a daily basis. Yeah, it sounds like a great comment on, on the culture that you're building. One of the things that stands out to me is the breadth of experience you've had in a relatively short period of time from consulting to investing to becoming an operator. And especially in the venture-backed world, which scaling aggressively is sort of expected and being able to deploy every dollar with an expected ROI in terms of growth is kind of the norm, which is a little different from maybe private equity or other investment styles. Do you credit maybe one of those experiences to pushing you towards alchemy and getting to where you are at the firm? Or do you think it's kind of that breadth of experience that you can kind of leverage any one of those uh, lessons learned across your uh, your career? I think it's largely the latter, having a breadth of experiences and being able to kind of dive in on whatever problem is most pressing. As I was interviewing with Alchemy, <laughs> it was kind of funny reflecting on it recently that what, you know, I would show up to an interview and someone would say, hey, what we really need help with is X. I'd show up to the next interview and someone would say, oh, what we really need help with is Y, um, and then Z, and then A, and D, and C. Startup life, when you're that few people, it really requires kind of a mindset of, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and do whatever I can to help the team, because teams that are that small can be fragile, right? If there's infighting, if not everyone's carrying their weight, that can slow the team down a lot. Two people not being on the same page, you know, when that's almost 10% of the company (laughs) not being on the same page, that has some real efficiency loss there. So I think it's the combination of the breadth of experiences. And then also, you know, most recently when I was at Homebound, I had spent my second year there as the general manager of a new line of business that we were launching. I think that mindset of sort of building something from scratch or at least getting something off the ground and really having to work collaboratively with pretty much every other function within the company is really instrumental to me seeing how from the finance seat, right, from the financial operator seat, how decisions and policies that can be set can really enhance or take away from others' abilities to do their job. Um, And so I think that appreciation of what lots of different job functions look like has been really helpful to me as I've tried to help folks at Alchemy, you know, use their time best and, and move as fast as possible. Well, it sounds like we're dancing around your personal definition of the modern CFO. But before we do so, we're still speaking of Alchemy as early stage startup life, which, you know, it it evolves and the space is still emerging. 
certainly it's very early days in Web3 developer tools. However, I think it'd be nice for everyone to get a kind of a better understanding that Alchemy is now valued at over $10 billion. How many employees are you at? We're a touch over 60 today. Got it. So, I mean, scaling at this point uh, at a pretty aggressive clip. So it's definitely still startup days, but capturing a huge market. Just to give some context to, um, you know, not just the few uh, people still in very, very early days, but now starting to scale into bigger and bigger teams. So that, you know, probably taps into different aspects of not only your financial acumen, but also leadership, HR. I've had a lot of conversations with head of finance and CFOs and operations teams who have basically said that you wear so many different hats, but one of the favorite has been ensuring that the culture that the C-suite and the CEO or co-founders have sort of uh, grounded the company in is then passed through to the hiring process and trying to scale every piece of the team across all of these departments, which you know, after a big financing round, I can imagine is something that's kind of top of mind for you. And we can dive more into that in a moment, but I think we're still kind of skirting around your uh, maybe your personal definition of what uh, is required of a modern CFO. Yeah. So I think it depends a lot on what stage of company you're at, right? If you find yourself as the leader of you know, the financial org in a 25-person company, you're probably not just doing finance. <laughs> that's um, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think, honestly, my job for the first few weeks that I was Alchemy looked like probably half CFO and half office manager um, was really how I was spending my time early on, basically stepping back the framework that I kind of use in my head for how certainly technology companies operate. But I think a lot of companies in general is there are teams that are creating the product. So the technology company that's largely going to be your engineers and your product managers. There's teams that are selling the product and educating the world on the product, sales, marketing, customer success, customer support. And then there's teams that are basically supporting those functions, allowing the company to be to kind of maximize its potential. And that's where I view my role is how do we make Alchemy the best place in the world to work overall? And how do we set up all functions, whether you're making the product, selling the product, or supporting those who are as successful as possible? So early on, small stage startup, having you know that support network includes probably touching HR, finance, accounting, perhaps IT and office management, a wide variety of things that can come up on a daily basis. And then underpinning all of that with any growing organization, basically in any function, you got to be a recruiter. You got to be hiring, right? If you're not able to build your team, then as the company's scaling, it's going to become unwieldy and kind of impossible in many ways to support them as effectively as possible. So through the first quarter of the year, basically, I spent most of my time as a recruiter where I said, look, I'm the closest thing we have today internally to an HR person, a lawyer, an accountant, an office manager. I'm not great at any of those things. And I'm probably doing a disservice to the company by being the one who's tasked with all of these. Let's go hire the right functional leader to run those things, to give them tons of autonomy and independence. And then I think through a scaling organization, one of the most critical things for a CFO kind of besides the very basics of making sure that an operating model exists, that the company can budget appropriately, that the right you know, financial reporting is happening, books are being closed, taxes are being filed, that sort of stuff, is 
having an empathetic understanding of what the experience is like as a member of the team in a variety of job functions to think through how can we best support that function, right? There are the challenge we're having at Alchemy right now, more so than how do we rein in spending is how do we pour gas, pour fuel on the fire? We have some functions who kind of don't know exactly how much they should be spending. And when we as a finance team can give guidance that, hey, these activities are being really successful for us, they're really high ROI, we should be investing deeper here. That both gives them some, I think, positivity and inspiration to go build and also greater clarity that you know what they're doing is valuable and that they're really doing a good job and doing their part to, to help us succeed. So I love all of that. I mean, I'd normally pause the episode at some point to tell listeners to just click that rewind 30 second button a few times and just listen to a portion again. And I think that might be this portion of this podcast. I'm sure we've got more to go. But that was, I really yeah. like the way you framed that. And you may overestimate me. I don't know about No, that. no, I, I think we have more to go. No, I think that's a, an important framework to operate in. I think if you can give, because no, no CFO is going to manage the team the exact same way. And the demands of both the their investors or the marketplace or how they dealt with the pandemic or digitization, all of that is going to be unique to their organization. However, by providing a framework of support in each of those roles, having been basically serving each of those roles, I think that's really helpful. And that is a lesson that can be kind of deployed across a bunch of different types of organizations and for different CFOs. So I really like that. One of the things I wanted to touch on is there's so much excitement in the space now, but for anybody who's been in around crypto, around blockchain development, there tends to be these winters and then huge levels of excitement. It makes me think you mentioned early on that you feel like we're still very early into this space in terms of development. And I was thinking also in terms of how your biggest focus right now is maximizing the return on the new hires and scaling. So maybe if we blend those two topics into kind of what you're most excited about, you know, through the next three to five years of maybe we'll have shorter and shorter cycles of these winters. And maybe how that intersects with, you know, what you're excited about for Alchemy intersecting there. I think that'd be a really good comment because then we can kind of go back into this fast-paced environment of, you know, decentralized ledger technologies and kind of where Alchemy's taken its foothold. Sure. Thinking about a three to five year time horizon in the Web3 space, I'm trying to think where we were in this space five years ago. And certainly well, three to five would... days is too long. <laughs> They're too short, totally. sorry. Three to five months, <laughs> you know, anything could still happen. You're right though. Planning has been, I remember one of my very first Modern CFO podcasts, I asked somebody what they would do with a magic wand and they asked for a crystal ball because it was just right into the pandemic and resource planning had been ruined for the year. It was a mess. And you know, the crypto space is that to you know the ultimate extreme right you know it's not just a little bit of volatility here and there we've got you know interest and uh, no interest in the space for years at a time basically so it's a little bit more dramatic but i agree three to five years a little tricky maybe we stick with next year or two <laughs> well so i still have an answer to the to the question okay. but yes on the subject of how fast the space moves one thing that I cover quite a bit with folks is I get a lot of inbound from folks saying, hey, I'd love, I want to make a move into the Web3 space. How do I do that? 
one thing that we look for at Alchemy is we really like people who are deep in the Web3 space, who kind of know the recent developments that have happened, know who the major players are. One can get deep in the Web3 space pretty quickly because of how fast it changes. You know, if you took a month-long nap and woke up, you'd be surprised by what the Web3 space looks like when you woke up. And so for those who are interested in making a move into the space, you know, get on crypto Twitter, listen to the podcasts, the YouTube tutorials, you can get up to speed pretty quick. That was a slight diversion, but the three to five year time horizon, what I'm really excited for is seeing what happens in Web3, which honestly is fairly hard to predict. I think we're in a really nice place here at Alchemy where we get to partner with and see development of just so many different projects that are taking so many unique approaches. You had mentioned in your question the idea of you know highs and lows and I think crypto winters and that sort of concept. For us, like one of our North Star metrics here is number of developers that are developing on Alchemy's platform, right? And so regardless of if token prices are up or down, if sustained or if general investment interest in crypto companies is up or down, what we're seeing is a massive secular trend toward uber talented developers who are much, much smarter than I, who are saying, yep, I love this technology. I'm fascinated by the possibilities of it. I'm going to start developing maybe just on the side to start or maybe making the full-time leap into the Web3 space. And that's what gives myself and I think a lot of us at Alchemy here comfort that this is here to say is this much brain power with this matched with this innovative of a technology is likely to produce some really cool things, certainly in the next three to five years. I think the kind of pace of innovation here, given how much will exist in public forums, should also probably exceed that of Web2 given that it'll be easier for people to build on top of one another's inventions. And so that all gives me a ton of excitement as I think about the next year or so, which is a little more tangible in terms of what we can expect. I think there's some really exciting developments in the space, transition of Ethereum from a proof of work to a proof of stake ecosystem. I think will yield massive benefits for the entire network, may speak to some of the concerns about climate and in terms of the next year at Alchemy, I think we're in store for massive team growth. And then also probably a few innovations where our main goal is to try to understand as deep as we can the developer experience and solve the most pressing issues for developers to try to facilitate the rapid pace of adoption of this technology. So I could see us thinking about hey, what other challenges do our developers having? What other ways can Alchemy get involved to help spur adoption of Web3 and coming out with some hopefully cool and exciting new products? That's awesome. I really like your North Star metric as well. I mean, I don't know if anybody listening knows early developers, but they, you know, outside of maybe gas fees, most people are not blinking twice about the volatility of a certain coin prices, but more just hyper fixated on what they can build across different platforms and how efficient they are. And I really am excited by the idea of the scale of developers trying to solve really challenging problems that I think at the early days of the space were, you know, there's this exciting technology and there were very few people who could do the development work in a way where it didn't look like there was sort of a square peg and round hole situation where there was so much excitement about the technology, but you know the developer tools were maybe still 
know, in their infancy. And it was pretty tricky to find applications that were, that would scale. So having alchemy and the brain power behind all of this, I think will rapidly develop the ecosystem, which is what I'm also most excited about. So I, um, uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. It's a great point. Awesome. Yeah. We're really looking forward to seeing what the entire Web3 developer community puts together and we're here to do what we can to support. So I want to give you the opportunity to kind of take the conversation wherever you'd like. And I ask this question every podcast, just because I, we've got such an eclectic and unique group of people who come on. And this doesn't have to be anything about what we've talked about prior. It can be really anything that's top of mind for you. Do you feel like there's any one thing that's underestimated in the world today? And maybe if you do, is there somebody that you're tracking to kind of solve that problem? Yeah. So I've listened to a couple episodes of the podcast before, and I, I hear you ask this question to other folks as well. So I was thinking about it ahead of time. Very hard question for me to answer because number one, it's hard for me to answer it as anything other than something that's underestimated in my world. It's very hard to put myself in the shoes of folks that I don't understand as well and think through what are challenges in their lives and, and what's underestimated there. One answer that came top of mind for me, which is relevant to my experience at Alchemy thus far and what it's been like to work there. The answer I came up with is humility, where most people that I've been had the pleasure to work with in my career up to date have been humble, low ego, collaborative individuals, which I feel very fortunate about. It's kind of at another level of alchemy of hmm. folks here are really willing to do and actively want to do whatever they can in order to, number one, help the Web3 community in whatever way they can, and number two, help the company achieve its goals. It's unique and inspiring and awesome to just see this group of immensely talented people, super smart, driven, passionate folks who truly have the spirit of, we're all in this together. Let's do what we each can. My idea might be that A is best, but B seems to be where we're headed. Let's go all in on B. It's really great to be part of an organization where everyone embodies that spirit. And is honestly something that I didn't think about as much. I think in part because past organizations I've been at have also been fairly low ego and I've been really fortunate there. But to see it as kind of a uniquely identifiable trait of an alchemist and to see the compounding effects of all these ultra low ego, ultra high humility folks is just a really special thing to be a part of. That's amazing. I mean, it's one thing when you're in the very early days and you've got a handful of people all trying to solve the same problems and there's a very flat hierarchy and then, you know, the low ego early startup environment can be pretty easily maintained because of just how young you are. But it's really impressive to hear that that's uh, kind of a core principle of all of your, you called them alchemists. I love that. That's great. I can see that it's going to attract a lot of really unique people coming your way, which I'm very excited to stay in touch to follow. And by the way, I don't know that we've identified alchemists <laughs> as the word, the word we want to use it terminally, but you know, maybe if this podcast gets big enough, maybe it uh, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Gabe, do you have any way for the public to check out Alchemy? I know there's alchemy.com. And how would people get in touch with you if they are interested either in a role at Alchemy or getting in touch with you about the finance team or just learning more? How can people get in touch with you and the firm? Yeah, number of ways. As you mentioned, alchemy.com is 
where we reside. In the world of Web3, there's lots of discussion that happens on Twitter, on Discord, and sometimes on Telegram. Alchemy's got a really alive and thriving Discord group that I would encourage anyone to join, as well as follow our Twitter. In addition to that, we have an educational arm called Web3 University, where for folks who are trying to get into the space and trying to learn about blockchain development, that's a really great resource on how to do that. And then for me personally, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm Gabe at Alchemy. Real easy. I'm here. I'm around. I'm happy to chat about whether that's being a financial operator at an emerging startup or the Web3 space or what you should get your father-in-law for a birthday present. Whatever you need, I'm here. Thanks so much, Gabe. I know Alchemy is going to be around for a long time and then we're going to have an opportunity to speak again in the near future. But until then, thank you so much for joining the Modern CFO. And I cannot wait to speak again in the near future. Really appreciate it. Likewise, Andrew. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Bye.